0: Welcome to Straight Talk with My OBMD Podcast. Join me for a bi weekly discussion on topics most relevant to women's health today. We are your source for medically accurate, real world advice in all things related to your health and well being as a woman. From menses to menopause, we've got you covered. I'm your host, Dr. Dana Smith, a fully practicing, board certified OBGYN physician with close to 20 years experience. I am also the founder of the website that is 100% dedicated to women's health, myobmd.org. At myobmd.org, we write in all aspects related to women's health. Listen to our podcast, visit our website, subscribe to our newsletter, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram, myobmd.org. Welcome to another episode of Straight Talk with my OBMD. I'm your host, Dr. Dana Smith. Today, we're going to be talking about something that happens very commonly in the delivery room when you're delivering your baby, and that is delayed cord clamping. We're going to be discussing what is delayed cord clamping? What are the risks? What are the benefits? Who should not observe delayed cord clamping and should have their cord clamp immediately. And what are the alternatives? Stay tuned for delayed cord clamping. Is it really necessary? Another podcast episode with Straight Talk with my OBMD, hosted by yours truly, Dr. Dana Smith. Welcome back to Straight Talk with my OBMD. I'm your host, Dr. Dana Smith. And today we're talking about delayed cord clamping. So this is a process that happens in most delivery rooms. And let's just take a minute to step back and talk about what is the umbilical cord? What what exactly are we talking about here? So when you have your baby, whether your baby is delivered vaginally or by C-section, you guys are separated when the cord is clamped and then cut, right? So the cord is clamped to prevent bleeding when it's cut. So at that time, you're two separate units, your baby and yourself are two separate units. And then we can proceed to go ahead and deliver your placenta. Now, what does the umbilical cord do? The umbilical cord is the connection between yourself and your baby. So, it's where the baby gets all its nutrients, the baby gets its oxygen through here, and it goes through of course your bloodstream into the placenta through the umbilical cord into the baby. The umbilical cord is quite chewy. It's um it's it, it has three blood vessels that run through it. And those blood vessels are protected by a, a sheath, a very jelly-like sheath. And it's it's almost insulated. And it goes straight to the, it, the connection is between the baby's belly button and typically the center of your placenta. It's a very, very strong piece of tissue. So even when you're cutting it with a sharp scissor, you usually have to do several attempts at the at cutting before you actually completely have completed the cutting process of the cord. And that's just a testament of how strong that tissue is. It looks kind of like a rope because the the three blood vessels they course through the, um, through the cord. And then the cord is is surrounded by this jelly that's called Wharton's jelly. And it's, of course, an extremely important aspect in any pregnancy, because again, it's the conduit or the bridge between you and your baby. And it is the road by which all the nutrients are delivered to your baby. So extremely important. So Historically, what has happened, at least in the U.S., let's say, is that before the 1950s, after a baby is delivered, most doctors or midwives, we would wait before we clamp the cord. We would wait anywhere from one minute to five minutes before clamping the cord. Then things kind of changed. the The, the culture shifted. The culture shifted for several reasons. One, there was no studies that showed there was a benefit to this delayed, to delay to their to delaying clamping the cord. In addition to that, the hospitals were in, were experiencing an increase in births. Right, so more people were choosing to have their babies in a hospital. And there was also the concern for maternal hemorrhage, meaning that the mom is going to lose more blood if we do not tend to her more immediately. So with all that, the push now became, hey, let's go, let's start clamping the cord immediately because we really have no studies that show this benefit. And so this this kind it shifted. It shifted to where the the cord was now being clamped really immediately upon birth. Well, within the last few years, there have been studies that looked at, hey, do babies actually benefit from having delay in the cord clamp? And most of the studies have shown that the answer to that question is yes. The babies actually do benefit from waiting by observing a short interval between birth and clamping off the cord. And that short interval is usually 30 to 60 seconds. It may be a little bit longer depending on the organization recommendation, but typically a minimum of 30 seconds. And most studies have not shown a benefit beyond one to two minutes. So what are some of the, the benefits that we can observe when there's a delayed cord clamp? Well, some of the benefits include that there's continued flow to the baby even after delivery. So while we're waiting to clamp the cord, the baby is still receiving this warm oxygenated blood it's a passive flow from your placenta and your body to the baby this creates an increase in the baby's blood volume so their blood volume is increased which helps to stabilize their blood pressure it also because they have more blood in their bodies it also reduces their risk of anemia and the risk of needing a blood transfusion some of the more Serious consequences that can be reduced includes risk of something called intraventricular hemorrhage. And that's just a fancy way of saying bleeding in the brain, which can happen in newborns. And we know that especially for preterm babies, the risk of bleeding in the brain is reduced in babies for which the cord clamping was delayed. An additional benefit is a reduction in the risk of damage to the intestine. Another condition that newborn babies and more commonly preterm newborn babies experience is something called necrotizing enterocolitis. And that's a damage to the intestine. It's typically a consequence of preterm birth. And we know that babies who have Observe delayed cord clamping; their their risk of experiencing this condition is actually reduced. There's also the benefit of increased hemoglobin levels at birth and iron levels for the first six months of life. So the benefit is not just in the delivery room; the benefit can be salient up to the first six months of your baby's life. There's also an increase in the number of antibodies and stem cells, which are being transferred to your baby. And that's important because those are the, those are the tools your baby's body would need for any issue or organ uh, repair and to help boost their immune system. So there are plenty of benefit. Now, are there risks? Are there risks associated with delayed cord clamping? With everything, there are risks and there are benefits. And we always make a decision based on whether the benefits outweigh the risk. And in this case, the benefits really far outweigh the risk. The risk of delayed cord clamping is that your baby may receive too much blood, right? So your baby may not have been anemic. Your baby may have been just right. And now we delayed the cord clamping and... Now your baby's blood volume is above normal, and that can lead to jaundice, right? So jaundice is the condition where the bilirubin levels are elevated in your baby, so they're too high. Your baby just has a little bit too much blood in, flowing in their blood vessels, and that can be a risk of delayed cord clamping. There was some concern initially that when you delay cord clamping, that we may be putting mom at risk for increased bleeding. And the studies have shown that that's not the case, thankfully. So moms for whom their babies have observed delayed cord clamping do not lose any more blood than moms whose whose baby's cords were immediately clamped. And so that's something that we should uh, just keep in mind that while we are delaying the cord clamping, we're still caring for you and your bleeding is not, we do not expect you to lose any more blood if we clamp the cord after one minute versus immediately. So let's take a look step back and see what are some of the recommendations that some of these societies have made, right? As I stated before the 1950s, delayed cord clamping was routine. That was something that most people practiced. You went to the hospital, you had your baby, you baby was you waited for one to 2 minutes before clamping the cord. Then in the 1950s that shifted to immediate cord clamping. And then now we've sw- the pendulum has swung back. But now the pendulum has swung back, not just based on a routine or a culture of what we typically do, but it's swung back because the evidence has shown that there is actual benefit to delayed cord clamping. So once that evidence was presented in the way of the scientific studies, the uh, World Health Organization- started making recommendations. We started getting recommendations from World Health Organization, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, the American Academy of Pediatrics, the Neonatal Resuscitation Program. So all of these bodies now started having an opinion on whether we should immediately clamp the cord versus waiting to clamp the cord. And in 2012, the WHO recommended against immediate cord clamping. So they said, hey, just don't clamp it right away. They didn't go as far as saying how many, how long should you wait before it's clamped. They just said, hey, don't clamp right away. That same year, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, as well as the American Academy of Pediatrics, made a statement saying that they recommended delayed cord clamping for preterm babies. So preterm babies are babies who were born before 37 weeks of pregnancy. So if your baby was being born three weeks before their due date, they would be considered preterm. And for those babies, according to the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, as well as the American Academy of Pediatrics, those babies had a benefit. The Neonatal Resuscitation Program also has recommended a 30 to 60 second delay in cord clamping for both preterm and full-term babies when appropriate. And that was in 2015. Now, fast forward to 2017, ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology now changed their stance and said, hey, we believe we should observe Delayed cord clamping of 30 to 60 seconds for both preterm and full term babies when appropriate. And so the shift, it shifted so that now we're no longer doing delayed cord clamping simply for the preterm babies, but we're doing delayed cord clampings just for just about all the babies. So preterm and full term babies, we've shown a benefit in delayed cord clamping and the current days standard is that there is a 30 to 60 second delay in the cord in clamping the cord for all babies, except for a few, there are always exceptions, right? Always exceptions. So let's look at cases in where delayed cord clamping is just not appropriate. Okay. And your baby, the cord has to be clamped immediately, even though we've said, hey, there may be these benefits to wait in. So cases in w- where immediate cord clamping is necessary. So typically, when we have delayed cord clamping, right, the baby is delivered, let's say for a vaginal delivery, your baby is delivered, the baby is placed uh, a blanket is placed on your abdomen, on your tummy. The baby is placed on this blanket. So in the past, you had the nurses and the team that took care of the baby. They would wait for the baby at the warmer. So now rather than doing that, a member of, the, of that team, of the baby's team, comes to the mom's side, Right. And when the baby is delivered, the baby is placed on the maternal, on your tummy. And then a member of that team is stimulating that baby. So some of the care that they would have, that they would be doing at the warmer is now being done at your bedside. And so the baby is being dried. The baby is being stimulated. The baby is, their mouth and their nose are being suctioned. And they're being encouraged to, to breathe, right? To cry and to breathe. So that was, of course, super helpful because then there, while we have a delay in cord clamping, we did not have to have a delay in care. So your baby could still continue to receive the care it needed immediately upon delivery rather than waiting. But let's say your baby is not responding to all these measures. Let's say your baby is being dried, they're being warm, they're being stimulated but they're just not making the effort to breathe like they should. And they're just not responding as we were hoping in that case, you and the physician or your midwife may decide, Hey, we need to go ahead and clamp this cord right away so that the baby could get more attention and needs to maybe be under a warmer. So in those cases, where the baby is just not responding as as we would hope, then they would need to go ahead and clamp the cord more immediately. And that's in babies that we're attempting to do a delayed cord clamping, but it's just not successful. Now, there are a few cases where we do not even attempt a delayed cord clamping. We just go immediately to clamp in the cord. Not very common, not very common at all, but that does exist. Okay. So a few of the conditions, a condition called placenta previa. So if the placenta is in front of the baby, right. And necessitate in a C-section Sometimes in order to get to the baby, the placenta may have to be disturbed. And then the flow to the baby is not predictable because the placenta may have been disturbed even prior to delivering the baby. And so under those conditions, your doctor may choose not to observe delayed cord clamping and to go immediately to clamping the cord. The other is placental abruption. So if the placenta breaks away from the uterus, that's that's called an abruption. And if that happens before the baby is born, then we definitely do not observe delayed cord clamping because there's zero benefit. The placenta, if the placenta has broken off from the uterine wall, then there is no longer flow to the baby because your placenta is no longer attached to your uterus. And so in that case, that baby would have actually not been receiving oxygen once the placenta has broken off until the time of delivery. And so typically placental abruptions requires an emergency delivery, typically an emergency C-section, to get to the baby, because we recognize that once the placenta breaks off, the baby is not getting the oxygen and the nutrients it needs, and it becomes a life-threatening condition for the baby. And so in those cases, we definitely do not observe delayed cord and The cord has to be cut immediately in order to save your baby's life. Other conditions include a previa, So that's a condition where the blood vessel from the placenta, it's running close to the cervix rather than in the upper portion. And so when your water breaks, there's a risk that you can have bleeding actually from the placenta, which can lead to the baby losing blood and having experiencing anemia. Or if your cord is torn. You know, the umbilical cord is very strong and it usually takes a lot of effort to cut it. But in some patients, the cord may just not, may be very frail. And so in that case, if the cord is torn, then there's no benefit to delaying the cord clamping. And there may be actual risk because the flow may be coming from the baby to the placenta. And so in those cases, you will go ahead and just clamp the cord immediately. Another condition is if there's a nuchal cord that is really tight. So most of the time, if there's a cord around your baby's neck, that's called a nuchal cord. And it's not infrequent. It happens. As long as it's loose enough to allow flow to the baby, we really don't worry about it. We really only become concerned if it's um, very tight or if it's wrapped around several times. But in most cases, the babies will turn so that they can relieve themselves so that the cord around the neck can be undone. So in most cases, the cord around the neck, also called a nuchal cord, that's loose. It's usually loose. And at the time of delivery, whether vaginal or C-section, the cord can be removed. You You simply loop it around the baby's neck to undo it as you would, for instance, a scarf around your own neck. And so once that's undone, you can still observe delayed cord clamping. Now let's say that the cord around the neck is tight. If it is too tight, it doesn't allow your doctor to simply slip it around over the baby's head in order to deliver your baby then the doctor may actually have to cut the cord in order to accommodate delivery. And so in that case, of course, since the cord is being cut to accommodate delivery, then you are not able to have a delayed cord clamp and the cord was cut immediately. And certain congenital abnormalities would ne- that necessitate care, caring for the baby immediately may not provide the opportunity to observe delayed cord clamping. So delayed cord clamping can be used in most births, vaginal and C-section, but there are a few exceptions. Now, what happens if your baby is being delivered and your baby has evidence of fetal distress? So for babies who are having evidence of fetal distress, That decision on whether to delay the cord clamping or to clamp the cord immediately will be made by your physician as well as the team that's taking care of the baby. Sometimes we see signs of fetal distress on a monitor and the baby is born and the baby is perfectly fine. The baby cries, the baby does everything it's supposed to do. And you're like, oh, this monitor may have indicated distress where there was not. And in that case, it may be perfectly fine to continue to have delayed cord clamping as you would normally do. If, however, you are having a a baby who's in distress and the baby is born and is actually showing signs of distress at the time of birth, not just on the monitor, but at the time of birth, then your doctor may make a decision to go ahead and clamp the cord immediately so the baby can be tended to. So keep in mind that decisions are made are always are the motivation for that decision are they're rooted in what's best for you and your baby so we always want to honor everyone's wishes but we also want to recognize that your wishes should also be in line with what's best for you and your baby so let's talk about cord blood banking and how delayed cord clamping Affects that. So the cord blood banking is a system whereby some some families choose to save the um, umbilical cord umbilical blood, and they store that, and that's used in that's stored at a a cord blood banking facility. There's a fee involved, and that's in case you for future use if you ever need it. Now. When we observe delayed cord clamping, there is flow, continued passive flow from mom to baby. And so when the cord is finally cut after one minute, there's less blood in the cord than you would expect before that because some has flow to the baby. So having a delayed cord clamping will affect the volume. It may affect the volume of blood that you're able to have in your cord blood banking system your doctor may choose a short delay rather than a lengthy delay in order to to kind of balance the needs of both so your doctor may choose rather a 30 second delay or definitely no more than a 1 minute delay in order to um one they would have satisfied the benefits to the baby of the delayed cord clamping but also they would have Ad- additionally have enough blood left over for you to actually bank. So moving on, we're going to talk about twin pregnancies where or multiple gestations, right? So twins or more. So the cord clamping studies have all been with the singleton pregnancies, meaning pregnancies in which there is only one baby. Pregnancies in which there are two baby they are, of course, at increased risk of preterm delivery. And we simply don't know if the delayed cord clamping is beneficial. Most, In most cases, most of uh, physicians and midwives practice in such that you would have, that we observe delayed cord clamping for the twin babies, such as much as we do for the singleton babies, But we just cannot say to you, hey, this is a true benefit because the studies are really have not concluded that we haven't seen any harm, but we haven't seen a true benefit. And granted, twin babies are just not as common, right? And so it's going to be harder. It's going to take a lot more time to show that benefit because you need a lot more babies to be able to see that difference in outcome. So the long and short of it is if you're having twins, more than likely your doctor will observe the delayed cord clamping. And certainly that's something you can discuss. And especially because twins are at a higher risk of having or being born preterm. But the benefit, we're just not clear as clear on the benefit in twins as we are in babies that are by themselves in singletons. So there's one other aspect of delayed cord clamping. There's something called milking the umbilical cord, and there's a difference between delayed cord clamping versus milking your umbilical cord. So in delayed cord clamping, your baby is born, your baby is on their tummy or on on the whether vaginally or by C-section, and we're waiting we're not doing anything we meaning in the physician, your midwife we we're, we're just we're tending to the baby drying off the baby, stimulating the baby but we're not manipulating the umbilical cord. The flow of blood from you to your baby is what's called a passive flow right? there's no assistance in that process. In milking the umbilical cord, however, there is an active provider assistance so, When the umbilical cord is milked, you actually take your hand and you actually like how you milk a cow. So you're actually milking the cord to encourage flow to the baby. And there's actually a short 10 second video on our website that shows the process of milking the umbilical cord. So when you're milking the umbilical cord, there is uh, more blood that's flowed to the baby at a faster rate, right? So how does this affect your baby? For preterm babies, this may not be good, right? For preterm babies, this is discouraged because for preterm babies, they may actually it may actually increase their risk of b- bleeding in the brain based on a 2019 study. So again, American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, ACOG, of which I'm a part of, a member of, says, hey, for babies who are 28 weeks or earlier, we do not recommend milking the cord. Now for babies who are term, for who you need to do immediate cord clamping, some doctors may just do a short milking of the cord one or two times before clamping whether or not that's beneficial we are not sure okay what we know to be beneficial is the delayed cord clamping so simply allowing the f- blood to flow passively milk in the cord we know that's not beneficial in babies born before 28 weeks we don't know if it's harmful or beneficial for babies born after that gestational age and so if at all possible, we just want to do delayed cord clamping. And as far as milking, that's something that you and your doctor would discuss to see if that's appropriate for you and your pregnancy. So thank you for listening to this episode of Straight Talk with my OBMD. We discussed delayed cord clamping, the risk, the benefits, and the alternatives. When should we use it? When should we not use it? And we also discussed what it means to milk the umbilical cord. All of this information is available on our website at myobmd.org. That's myobmd.org. Please reach out to me on social media and let me know what your thoughts are, what happened with your previous pregnancy or what are your plans for your current or your future pregnancy, and what your thoughts are. How do you feel about having the umbilical cord? cut immediately versus delaying. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Talk with My OBMD podcast. To learn more about this topic, visit our website at myobmd.org. Subscribe to our newsletter, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I can't wait to spend more time with you on our next episode of Straight Talk with My OBMD.